This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hang.fm, and UpSnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. My mama told me when I was young. Hey everyone, want to welcome you back to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Very grateful to have you back as a loyal listener and one of over 380,000 podcast subscribers. I am joined today by another phenomenal guest, and my guest is a gentleman by the name of Craig Dubecki. Before we turn it over to Unscripted Dialogue, I'm going to plug just a little bit about Craig uh, for those of you who are global listeners. And I also want to just quickly give a shout-out to my sponsor, Halt and Honda, for believing in living fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. I also want to thank very much uh, my family and partners over at C-Suite Radio Network, where my podcast, Following Our Live Show, can be found on my host page. Once again, Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. So, my guest today, who is Craig Dubecki? Well, Craig Dubecki is a gentleman who, after failing at becoming a professional baseball player, had been in corporate management, contracting, sales, and marketing, and teaching, but it still was not enough. Rocking your life means that you are loving your life because you have made your life what you want it to be. This being based on his book, which we're going to jump into shortly. Trained and rebuilt as a cognitive authority and life coach, he is on a mission to help others focus at a higher level and achieve their best potential, and if needed, even to help them find meaning in their lives. By using non-complex analogies and human experiences, Craig created and is owner of the Wiling Principle, W-Y-L-I-W-Y-G, where you look is where you go. In order to help people find the personal power each of us wants to live our life through. Craig Dubecki is a representative of the Heart and Stroke Foundation, Waterloo Region Suicide Prevention Council, Grand River Hospital, Legacy through Exonophy in Waterloo, Ontario, a performing musician, Toastmaster, and public speaker connected to the Public Speakers Association out of Texas, USA, and published best-selling author of So You Just Want to Be a Rockstar and the best-selling anthology Dreaming Big, Being Bold with a second anthology sharing due out in December of 2017. Craig, I want to welcome you to our program here. How are you, my friend? Hey, I'm doing great, thank you. This is so lovely. I mean, we've had quite a bit of uh, recent contact. I mean, we always try to remain connected since we first had you on the show here. Uh, I think it was a year ago, and we just actually did filming and production on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald TV not that long ago, which I'm looking forward to when that airs. And uh, that was exciting day right there. That was that was fun. Yeah, yeah, you, you guys were awesome there. Oh, well, it was such a pleasure to have you, Craig. And, and why I love having people like you appear as a guest on my show, uh, is because, you know, when we talk about living fearlessly for what you've written about, which really depicts, uh, in many aspects your life story, although using a different character name, but very similarly, uh, paralleled yes. with you, um, you know, you really have stepped into it and you really did have to relinquish fear and embrace abundance in order for you to be in a position to talk about the story that we're going to share with our loyal listeners here today. So why don't we just jump right into 
you know, the inception of your journey in terms of how it relates to this specific book, that being the most recent endeavor, uh, which is just yummy. I love your book. I loved the fact that you personally inscribed a copy to me. It's been just so inspiring, and I've gotten so many breakthroughs and takeaways. So I just want to say thank you on a personal note, uh, Craig. And I just want to say that I'm so proud to be in the company of you and to be on this journey with you because I think what you're doing out there for the collective, which is what this is all about, paying it forward and being of service to others and being the leader in your own life, showing up for yourself before you actually are in a position to be able to effectively do that for others and to create a culture of change and uh, leadership. So I just want to say fantastic. Couldn't be happier for you. Congratulations on all the the success surrounding the book. And for the listeners, why don't we jump into a little bit about what the premise of the book is and why this book specifically. Sure. So, so you're talking about, so you just want to be a rock star? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. So that was my first, that, that's my first book. And, yes. um, I, I, I so appreciate what you acknowledge there about putting myself out there. Uh, when I, when I had the idea of writing this book, first of all, that was back in 2011. You know, I, I can even go back before that and I would share part of my life story with other people and they would always say, God, Craig, that sounds like a book or a movie. You know, you should write about that. I've had so many people that have said that, you know, write a book. Mm-hmm. And um, then I, you know, I'd hear stories about what other people were going through and I'd read about it and geez, there's a lot going on. So in, in 2011, I was a little bit sick there, and and that was just I was depression right there in mm-hmm. 2011, and I had an epiphany in December, and um, I just sat up on my couch and I said, Craig, here's here. Well, you know, I was listening to a song the other day. I'm just going to do a little sidebar here. Do you remember mm-hmm. Twisted Sister? Yes, I do. We're not gonna take it. Yes, yes. And and, and the video, the video to We're Not Gonna Take It, there's, um, I forget the actor's name, but he's Doug C. He's the dad in the Mm -hmm. video. And, and his son had left the dinner table and he wanted to go upstairs and then the father hears music and he goes up to the bedroom and he starts, he comes in and he starts yelling at his son, uh, you know, who's holding a guitar and, and near the end of that, uh, the father says, what do you want to do with your life? And the kid just, the kid just looks at him and says, I want to rock. Yeah. And he hits the guitar, bang. And then the father goes flying out the, the window. That right there, what do you want to do with your life? And the answer, I want to rock yeah. is, is something that we all say to ourselves when we're coming out of school. Mm-hmm. Okay, we come out of school and we enter the adulthood and the real world and we're saying, okay, where do I want to take my life? I want to find a way to rock in my world. Mm-hmm. Well, now fast forward to that moment in 2011, I had looked back at my life and I didn't feel like I had been rocking at all. In fact, in 2000, there was, you know, I, I almost took my life. Mm-hmm. So I decided, you know, 2011, all those things that you 
you talked about that that I'm kind of accreditable at now at least, accomplished, I decided I'm going to be a public speaker. I'm going to start, I'm learning how to perform musically in front of an audience, and I'm going to start to write this book that everybody has told me, Craig, you should write. Mm-hmm. So 20, December 2011 is when I started doing So You Just Want to Be a Rock Star, and it, and it kind of was based on Okay, I've got a story to tell of myself. I've heard so many stories. Let's weave this into a psychological adventure because I want to take people on a roller coaster ride because that's what life is. Mm-hmm. And how can I make this interesting? Well, you know what? I'm going to put the soundtrack to it. Uh, okay, what else can I do? And, and, and there's so much creativity in the book. So that's how it started. And that's where my mind was. And then I realized, you know, like I can really help people who are in depression because when you're in depression, uh, you feel alone. So mm-hmm. I want, I want to take them on an adventure. And if they're going through dark times, I want them to maybe see themselves or see something similar so that they'll say to themselves, geez, I'm not the only one. And mm-hmm. hopefully that'll make them feel better. So that that's the premise of the book. Lovely. Well, what I love about this, and this is why I think you're an authority on this subject matter, is because I think, and this is sometimes something that's often said by other live streamers and podcasters, et cetera, et cetera, but it's based on truth. I mean, everything that we talk about in the personal development world, anything to do with culture, anything to do with leadership, anything to do with personal growth and, and aspirations and embracing abundance, you know, oftentimes when people hear that coming from somebody who's actually been in the trenches, somebody who's had to resurrect themselves and rise, someone who's been in the ashes, somebody who such as yourself and myself who has gotten very good and masterful at turning shit into gold, that's what the buy-in is for the listening audience because we know that a lot of people who are uh, paying particular attention to this type of show, this type of podcast, uh, they know uh, that they're going to get quality content from people who we're not just talking about the successful outcomes. We're not just talking about the results. We're talking about the journey that it took step by step and all the one step forward, 10 steps backwards to actually get to a point where you can talk about something tangible that's come to fruition. And that, my friend, is that comes from the fact that you you made the distinct decision. You chose for yourself, no matter how hard, no matter how many obstacles or what the adversity, I am not going to quit. I am not going to succumb to depression. I'm not going to succumb to roadblocks. I believe in myself, and I know for everything that I've been through, this is going to resonate, and this is going to impact other people who can perhaps relate, whether it be similar type circumstances or completely different, but being a human being, we all know what it feels to feel what you have felt. I have felt it. Every guest I have I've showcased has felt it. So exactly. this yes, so the fact that you're here and you're being very vulnerable, you're being very candid, you're being very transparent and honest to say, you know what? Once upon a time I did want to take my life. I didn't see any way out. I didn't see in myself what I now see in myself, which shows to me too, and this is why this is such an important message, Craig is that you took the time to heal, 
which is an ongoing process, as we all know, True. and you, you took the time to invest back into yourself. You saw yourself as deservable. You saw yourself as worthy, and you understood very quickly that you are here for a purpose, and that purpose is to help other people. So good on you. Well, thank you. Thank you. And you hit that nail on, especially at the end. Like, I had to learn focus. Focus is what it's all about for me right now, and, and it's – you did well trying to say that acronym at the beginning. Where you look is where you go. It's, it's, I, I forget how you pronounced it, but it's Willywig. Willywig is that word. Where you look is where you go. And that's about the focus. And that's everything you just talked about. I had to focus. I had to find the strength to believe in myself mm-hmm. that, okay, I am a good person. I have done well. And depression is a feeling and feelings can change and they will change if given a chance by yourself to get out there, to get help, to uh, get, get, get out of the cocoon with the right help and, and first of all, focus on your own well-being. I believe truly that's what saved me. I'm here like I was in a room in, in Bramalee, in a hotel room. I had had four drinks already to numb the pain. I had a full bottle of sleeping pills, and I was kneeling on the floor, and, and I was ready to do it. And mm-hmm. I was crying and yelling at, at just, well, the guy above saying, why, why do I feel like this? So I found belief in myself, and you know, the the other part of what you're talking about, people see through pretentiousness and not to say it's it's intentional, but I can't talk about suicide if I really haven't been there. I can't mm-hmm. talk about depression honestly and genuinely and and help a person truly if I don't really understand it. And and I've 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 gone through this stuff and I'm saying, okay, I I've gone through I've I'm finding a purpose and the purpose is as, as painful as it was, I'm through it and I can really help other people out there and I can help them in so many different ways and that's my mission right now is to to take people on an adventure that are feeling fine and that's what I'm doing with this book but it's it's also a personal growth and self-help book at the same time. Mhm. So yeah, I I want to help people. But um, Well, you already are, my friend. I mean, you know, you continually do that and you know Again, being on radio here, you're sharing information about your very personal story that even though people have heard a plethora of stories related to people having felt suicidal or people having, uh, you know, gone through depression, whether that be an ongoing struggle, whether it be seasonal, whether it be clinical, whether it be circumstantial, I mean, the fact that you are sharing what you're sharing, there's always going to be a way in which you say something that's particularly different or unique or an example that you use to that's contrast right. or illustrate what it is you're trying to convey to the listening audience where it's going to ha- be like an aha moment. And honestly, this show has been life-saving for a lot of people. It truly has. That's the, yes. the feedback that I've received, and this is why your message is so critically and vitally important and is resonating with people. So I want to say thank you once again, Craig, Um 
for because you know to to help other people and to authentically help people and to shift change and to uh shift people's mindsets to get them on the right path and to get them out of uh you know the trenches it usually happens as a result of people sharing their most vulnerable um personal details around where they were once upon a time at. So it does. They, yep. it, it, absolutely it does. So the fact that you're willing once again to do that with the listening audience and with myself, I mean, you talk about living fearlessly, you talk about being courageous and bold and stepping into it, you embody that. And uh, again, I take my hat off to you, Craig. I truly do. Yeah. Thank you. And, and, you know, here here's now where we kind of make the segue where I have been in those moments and really depressed and I, I'm, I am rocking right now. I, I feel great with what I've been able to personally accomplish. And, uh, th- that's, that's the thing where I said depression is a feeling. It can and will change if, if you give it a chance. You know, if I, all, all those acclamations that you kind of, um, mentioned about me at the beginning, you know, if if I was successful in 2000 with what I had wanted to do there and in my life, look at what I would have missed here. You know, like I've I, I've I've got three books in front of me that I've been a part of, mm-hmm. and I'm here talking with you. Like like ro- life is rocking right now, and and it's been focused. <laughs> it, it's it's been tremendous focus. It has not been easy. It, it's taken a lot. But it's coming together and, and it's coming, everything's coming to fruition and I'm feeling, I, I'm feeling on cloud nine most of the time. That's awesome. And you know what? I know that to be true because energy, energy does not lie and energy does come through the airwaves. And so I'm very tapped in and connected to the congruency of what my guests say and and the pers- how it's personified and you know and I felt that way even when we did our TV interview and I felt that when I read your book and I feel that every time we correspond behind the scenes just to check in with one another and say hey how's it going whether it be in preparation for doing a media event or just as friends uh, you know caring about each other and, and remaining connected so I, I just want to say you're on fire you are on cloud nine so well deserved so well earned and um, I think my listeners would probably be interested to know, because the answer is always different for each individual guest that I have, what are some of your mantras? What are some of your rituals? What do you do to recalibrate your thinking when you start to feel yourself slip and going down the rabbit hole with not necessarily full-blown depression, but something hasn't perhaps gone according to plan or somebody's disappointed you? Whatever the case may be, because life happens and, and we're continuously having to rise above it, again, a choice. Um, what do you do to recalibrate and to reconfigurate your thinking to keep you on the straight and narrow? As I was saying there, affirmations, like reminders of what I've done, what I've accomplished. So copies of the book that I have, So You Just Want to Be a Rock Star, that's everywhere. I can see that. I've also, so that's a good feeling. When, when, I, when I feel down and think, okay, Ah, uh, this is so hard. You know what I what I've gone through, and and is my life changing? Then I can walk into a room and I look at my book, and mm-hmm. like this is a 564 page book. It's not one that you miss easily. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, it, it 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 will hold a lot of papers down as a paperweight, Absolutely. and and. 
and, and it's got a really cool cover here. It's got a rocking cover. So it, I designed it to grab the attention and that's what it does to me. It grabs mm-hmm. my attention and reminds me. So that's really important for people to do. I, I've done that with pictures from the past. I've done that with certificates that I've been able to get. You know, I've taken courses and I've and I've been rewarded with this. I'm a Toastmaster. I've I've won ribbons. How however simple a, a contest it was, it's still some acknowledgement of my accomplishments. So I make sure that those are visible. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's really crucial to keeping positive about yourself. And if you don't have many, you know, you can, you can go think really simple terms. You can, you know, graduation diploma. Put that up. Like, like, go back into school, bring some things up that, that you, you had there. Even if you were taking swimming lessons, if you got some crests, put them up instead of putting them in a drawer and collecting dust. Like, they are positive affirmations that remind you of something that you have, you have learned. And it's really important to remind oneself of that through life. And that's been one of the biggest factors with me is that I, I made that decision to take the time and do that. Absolutely. And that's beautiful. And I love the fact that you spelled that out uh, very succinctly because people do need examples of what to do because you don't know what you don't know. But I'll even take it one step further and say what, what, you know, in term, as opposed to the accomplishment itself and having tokens and, and visuals, which I do myself, and I think that's very crucial and certainly something I would uh, really highly emphasize people implement. But it's also contributions. You know, it's not the accomplishments, it's the contributions because we sometimes lose sight uh, or we underestimate to the degree our presence, our friendship, our positivity, our volunteerism, our anything has helped shift other people. We might take for granted and think, oh, well, it's no big deal. That's just who I am. But some people don't always disclose or openly share to the degree something you have chosen to do. Absolutely, for sure. Yes, to get behind somebody else. And, and, And the thing is, too, I have yet to meet somebody when they're feeling rotten. And this is what I encourage people. When you're feeling rotten, as hard as it is to get motivated to get into the space with wanting to be around other people, but if you step into it and you recognize there's always somebody who's got it worse, and it's not to negate what you're going through. It's not That's to right. minimize. It doesn't trivialize it. No, and not at all. But if you recognize there's always somebody else that needs to be helped, there's always somebody else that needs to be propped, and there's like tons of social service agencies and all kinds of demographic of people who are looking for people to help and to lift them. You go and do that for an hour. You go talk to other people very hard to experience that and still feel like you're still in the same state as when you went into that situation or that exchange or that dialogue um so you know i really go ahead you 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 are so true with that like one of the first things in psychology uh they tell you to do like if you're feeling depressed is go and help somebody Yes. Go, go and volunteer. Hey, may, maybe you don't even know anything about it. Maybe you can just lend a hand. It's being organized by other people and, and they need to, to give things out. When you go through that moment of taking something and giving it to somebody 
who is there because maybe they're hungry or they're cold and you give something to help them and you see the look on their face, you know, it, there, there's a little bit of brightness. Maybe they can't even smile, but, but there's a little brightness that you have given them. That's, you can, you can take satisfaction in that and, and maybe, maybe that helps you smile a little bit and makes you feel better. It will. Absolutely. By giving, you get. Absolutely. And I would even go so far as to say, you know, if they're, if you're not somebody who has a college diploma or a degree or any, or ribbons, you never belong to sports teams, whatever the case may be, knowing that you mean something profound to somebody, you know, if you've got any cards that have been written to you, uh, for your birthday, any kind sentiments that have been expressed to remind you of how important you truly are and, and the difference that you've made in someone else's life, or if anybody has colored you a picture, you've got your children, artwork, whatever the case may be, I love you, mommy, I love you, daddy, I love you, auntie, Mm -hmm. I love you, uncle, you know, put all that stuff up, remind yourself of how loved you truly are, Exactly. and and it's good to have those external things uh, as a reminder, but we both know, Craig, for what we've journeyed, for what we've gone through, and to make the decision to be where we are now in our lives, that fundamentally comes from self-love. Right. It does. Yes. You, because people will pat you on the back. People can say all kinds of things. But if that's not a, if that if those accolades or those sentiments uh, or those words of kindness are not resonating and sinking in, it's because you've got to dig deeper. You've got to get to a place where you can actually love yourself first and foremost. So how would you encourage people? What would be some of your tips, Craig, um, to help people navigate themselves through that journey? Well, yeah, we have to learn to be somewhat selfish. And for a lot of people, myself included, that's, that's very difficult because I, I'm a true giver mm-hmm. and I put everybody first and I forgot about myself. And, mm-hmm. um, I learned, I realized in, in that period, 2011, that, you know, I, if I'm going to be there for anybody else, mm-hmm. I have to take care of myself. And obviously, because I I was hit with clinical depression at that time, obviously, I haven't done a good job at taking care of myself, dealing with all the stress that will inevitably happen in life. Mm-hmm. So I thought I had coping strategies. Uh, I just got too much. So... I was very unhappy with myself, very, very depressed again. You know, that, that, that closeness to suicide was in 2000. This was now in 2011. This was mm-hmm. after a divorce and rebuilding my life. And I had come again to a point, a milestone here where, oh, okay, oh, geez, you know, like I, I'm not feeling the way I did in 2000, but I'm very, depressed i'm very sad but i want to keep going because i know i have something so i looked for certain things that i could turn to that i didn't have to rely on anybody else Mm -hmm. and didn't care what anybody would say but they were not hurtful they were not harmful they were growing and I decided that's that's when I decided I'm going to get my I, 
I've been a guitar player for decades, but I really mm-hmm. haven't known, I haven't done anything with it. So I'm going to start doing that. Okay. I can play guitar just to myself. I can go and do an open mic. That'll be good. I'm going to join Toastmasters. One of the best things that I've done in my life is join mm-hmm. Toastmasters, which is an international speaking forum. It helps you uh, with public speaking if that's where you want to go, but it helps you communicate with people just one-on-one even. It's mm-hmm. And it's a great non-judgmental forum to do that in. And then I started writing. I, I started, hey, yeah, let's try this. <laughs> Let's try this. It's interesting that for the, for my whole life up until 2008, I had hated reading. I hated the read. I I hated it. And it's in my book because I found ever since grade three, I've struggled with reading. I deal with something called convergence insufficiency, which in layman's term is eye-teaming problems. It's where the muscles behind the eye are not strong enough, so you don't don't come to a proper focal point. So I experienced double vision, double paragraphs. I would read a word, and I would miss letters within that word. So it looked like I couldn't say the – it sounded like I couldn't say the word properly, but actually I wasn't seeing all the letters. Wow. So 10% of all population deals with eye-teaming problems, and most of them carried into adulthood, and most of them don't even know they have it because it's such a gradual Mm -hmm. digression of the eyesight that they think it's just normal. And and the testing for I-teaming is not good. Uh, so I found out that the University of Waterloo Optometry Center in, in 2008, I found out that they're specialists. And I went to them and they gave me exercises because it's, mus- it's muscular. And I was able to read and focus and concentrate all of a sudden. So what do I do? One of my first goals... I'm going to write a book now. I've hated reading all my life. It's time to write a book. And that's what I did. I love it. Well, you know what? My level of respect for you just completely skyrocketed to a different level because, you know, a lot of people having that particular challenge, the last thing they would want to do is endeavor to write a book. And yet you just kind of made that work. You melded that beautifully for yourself. So I just want to say, wow, I I did not know that. That is fantastic. Um, Super proud of you. Th- th- thank you. And, and it's, it's all in the book that like there, there are some true, there's a lot of true parts about me, but mm-hmm. that I teaming, that I teaming one, that was grade three. It was Mrs. White at Empire School in Waterloo. <laughs> and be, because I could not enunciate, pronounce, pronunciate words properly, they thought it best that I read more in front of the school in front of the class. So that's when we had Bible reading in the morning. And I would, Mrs. White, you know, wonderful teacher, and she didn't know any better at that time. But at least twice a week, I was called up to read in front of all my peers, grade three, and I was so embarrassed. I could not say things properly. So they got me up more. And they put me through speech speech therapy, not knowing that it's an ocular problem. It's with my eyes. Wow. And that's where I learned to hate reading. It was too hard. Mm-hmm. I had to read everything at least three, four times. And I had trouble absorbing it. 
And, uh, yeah, it was, it was just brutal. So I, I was very graphic with that in the book. That wow. part, because 10% of the population deals with it. That's out of the University of Kansas. Uh, so, hey, I have a lot of people I can help if they learn that this is part of the book. They will see themselves in that book, definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love that too, you know, talking about seeing themselves after we just uh, talk about the eyesight. So, fantastic. You know, yeah. no coincidences. Um, no. So thank you once again for illustrating that with tangible examples because that's what really sinks in and resonates with the listening audience. People need to hear the story. People appreciate hearing the backstory instead of just g- generically speaking. People don't connect with generality. So thank you, Craig, once again for being so specific. You're welcome. So let's talk about some of your tangible, intangible mentors, because, of course, we know that, you know, initially you you were on the trajectory of wanting to be a professional baseball player. And, uh, you know, and you had had quite a bit of success with that. And that's really where your passion was. So, you know, when you get a, a, a rejection or a failure or, you know, however people choose to term that, um, when you realized, okay, I've got to kind of look at different skills that I have or different things that I get jazzed up about that I could be successful at and take it to a totally different level, um, you know, why don't we talk a little bit about the baseball journey and, and how some of those transferable skills that you had as an athlete have um, blended themselves beautifully with the journey of what you're now on? Sure. Well, first of all, I was a pitcher. I was one of the most feared pitchers in Canada. I could throw the ball around 100 miles an hour. Uh, I tried out for the Toronto Blue Jays, got scouted by the then Montreal Expos, Pittsburgh Pirates. I went to college in Eastern Arizona College on on a semi-scholarship. But in the end, injuries caught up with me. Like if, If I was to go through that now with the training that they have these days, it might be a different story, but back then... The training, the Jays were just starting out. Uh, they hadn't won the World Series yet. So in Canada, it was hard for a baseball player. But, uh, you know, I, I don't look at those those as being failures. I look at them as being experiences that very yeah. few people had a chance to do, and I was one of them. And and I take a lot from that, and especially a pitcher. I do, I do a speech um where it talks about focus it, that willywig the willywig principle where you look is where you go and as a pitcher i had to learn to trust i i had to it, it was all lights on me as a pitcher mm-hmm. and everybody is motionless waiting for me to act and i go through my big fancy wind up and i throw the ball and in a third of a second, things can happen and everybody moves possibly or maybe everybody just turns their head and watches the home run go over the f- go over the fence. But <laughs> uh, that <laughs> happened a few times. But what I learned there for leadership skills is that I had to trust a team that was behind me. And as a pitcher, you can't even see your team. You have to, you know, you know they're lined up. You've got your shortstop, first baseman, your outfielders. All you see in your team is your catcher, but you know that there's seven other players behind you. And you have to just do what you need to do the best you can 
and know that there's people behind you. And that, that was an important lesson that I eventually learned. I didn't think of it that way when I was dealing with it. But mm-hmm. now that I've gotten into psychology more, I can really, I like telling that story because I feel, I find a lot of people re- can relate to it, even if they're not athletic, they can picture yes. it. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. That's one of the big, big ones right there that I've, that I've learned. Um, and perseverance. I, again, it comes down to belief in oneself mm-hmm. and knowing that you will falter. We are human. We are emotional, but we have to, we have to find a way to believe in ourselves, to like ourselves, to love ourselves. Uh, there's good in everybody out there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just have to rediscover it. Like when we, we go through school and then we go into adulthood, we come out of school just with an aptitude. We, and that's what people forget. You know, that, that's all we, we've been given by our parents and our, our, the, the authority figures is an aptitude. And now we go out into the world to try to do our best to make a difference for ourselves and for the world. And we can get lost. We mm-hmm. can forget what we had once. And that's where those affirmations become really important. Love it. So very true. And, you know, when we go back to base, and again, it's a choice, but when we when we get clear on that and we then opt to go back to basics, the grassroots of really what makes us thrive as people, because too often we get caught up in just surviving, surviving the day, surviving our marriage, surviving our kids, you know, but there, people lose the joy that's supposed to come with that. So I talk about that. We are so... On the same page with that, Craig, because I often talk about, you know, go back and embrace, rediscover your inner child because it's in that state, in that sphere energetically that we are our most wondrous. We are our most, right. um, our most curious. We trust people. We don't think about fear. We don't think of, you know, consequences and that can be good or bad of course because that's how we learn sometimes the hard way. But I mean that, that mindset of, Kids just jumping into it. Oh, I'll deal with whatever the fallout might be after, but I'm excited by this. I'm on fire. I'm jazzed. Yes. I'm, you know, and we, we lose that. So you're right to say when we come out of school and when we look upon, uh, the imprint of information that we have been indoctrinated with, and oftentimes we have to go back and reevaluate and reassess that and go, okay, does that really serve me? Do I actually really believe that? Um, was that something I was supposed to believe, but it really doesn't honor who I am or, or my belief system or my values or where I feel I need to be in this planet doing whatever I think I need to be doing. So uh, that's a very crucial, very pivotal point. So I'm really grateful that you shared that with myself and the listeners, Craig, because I couldn't agree with you more. Truly. It, it is. It is. You're welcome. And I, I want the listeners to think of their life just looking at my book here as as like you're living in a rock band, even if you're not, even if you're not a musician, if you don't play an instrument, the way I've designed this book is thinking of life as 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 a rock as being in a rock band. The first part is the, my book is broken up into five parts. The first part is the audition. Mm-hmm. That would be that would be when you're born and and through you know up until teenage years. That's kind of your audition into the world. Mm-hmm. And now you're about to go, you're getting set up to get into the real world. So now you get into the rehearsal and those are your teenage years. 
And now you come out at teenage and school years. And now you come out of school. You come into the adult world. That's the first set. You mm-hmm. go through and you do the best you can. And then you get into your 30s, mid-30s. And then you develop a different wisdom based on everything come up. And there's your second set. And then finally, you know, in your 50s, maybe there's your your third set. And, and that's the way the book has been set up. And it takes you on an adventure that reflects that and reflects what we learn through those phases. Love um, it. And, and it's musically driven. Every chapter is titled after a song. So mm-hmm. you have the very first chapter being Crystal Ball by uh, Sticks. Which is what it is in high school, right? Show me the crystal ball. Show me, show me what my life is going to be. Well, it ain't that easy. So, and then the first chapter is here I go again by White Snake. The second chapter is I could drive all night by Roy Orbison. There's 71 chapters along with crystal ball in total. And I've taken the lyrics and I've strategically placed part of the lyric within the chapter to embellish what's happening in that chapter because music music is the universal connector right we we hear a song and it takes us someplace yes so that's what i've done with this book is i've i've um i've put the soundtrack to the book and i've tried to help uh, make a connection with the reader and and the and Shane, who's the main character and the story, and then you also have your guardian Shane's guardian angel. So you connect at the end of every chapter with the guardian angels and kind of review what Shane has gone through and connect it with the song again. Okay, you know, your uh, Hotel California or or a Gary Moore song or a Bonnie Raitt song. Or even local here in Kitchener, uh, Alicia Brilla. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there, there's a wide array. It's, if you don't like the book, I, I think you'll love the soundtrack. Um, but it's a musical, psychological journey. And, and that's what life is. It's a psychological yeah. journey. You're, you're going through everything. You're trying to process it and you're trying to take the good and learn from the bad and get to the next level of wisdom. So that's what I've tried to do with this book. Well, I think you succeeded beautifully, Craig. And I'm not just saying that because there's the bias of us having a friendship and me knowing you outside of just, in some cases, having a guest who I don't know, but their message is still equally powerful. I I think you've mastered it beautifully. Uh, certainly it's resonated with me. I thought you were very strategic in how you did this so that you could appeal to all demographics and getting the, the universal messages across and really hitting that home with people. Uh, so I just want to say congratulations. And of course, you know, these interviews always go far too quickly for my liking. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. Especially talking to you because I can feel your energy and, you know, I'm just vibing all over the place here. So, but Thank before you. we, before we part ways here, I'd be remiss if I didn't give you the opportunity to let listeners know where can they find your book what very quickly is upcoming for you that you would want people to be aware of where can people follow you and connect with you sure um this book uh so you just want to be a rock star is on amazon 
Uh, you can get it on Amazon.com. On Amazon.ca in Canada, there's some reviews there, some mm-hmm. very nice reviews people have done. And so you can order it, order it through there. Uh, you can, um, you can follow me at, at my web, at my website, which is www.craigdubecky.com. Mm-hmm. And Dubecky is spelt. Yeah. So C-R-A-I-G. Mm-hmm. And then Dubecky, D-U-B-E-C. K I. Mm-hmm. So dot com and my email is there too. So you can there there's music videos there, there's uh public speaking trailers, uh my book is there. Uh my latest book, What Is Up Coming for Me, I just published or co-authored a um an anthology called mm-hmm. Dreaming Big Being Bold, which is which is a bestseller uh, already. So actually, so you just want to be a rock star is what I've done here is I've built a trilogy. That's the first part of the trilogy, that one. Mm-hmm. And then because of the size of the stories, this dreaming big being bold, which you can find, you'll be able to find on my website shortly. That is the third part of the trilogy. Okay. So kind of a little bit out of order, but this is, I love it. I, I love it. <laughs> And then in December, there's yeah. going to be another book published called Sharing, Sharing Our Stories, Ourselves, Our Success. And that is another anthology, and there's 26 authors in both of them, and that is the second part of the trilogy. So so with these two anthologies, you not only get my story, but you get 25 other powerful stories of people in visionaries, uh, in visionaries and, um, you know, people that have reached milestones and they've changed their lives. So a little bit of a bonus there. But, right. yeah, my my trilogy will be complete by the end of the year and they'll wow. all be on my website. Amazing. Well, uh, you know, we, we're going to have to bring you back here again yep. because I can barely keep up with the momentum of you even in an hour interview. So I just want to <laughs> say, which is, which is a testament to you and your energy and you're on fire and you figure things out. I'm on fire. And you are. And you know, you really are a rock star. And, uh, I just want to say again how grateful I am to, um, to you for the gift of your time. I want to say thank you for the gift of your book because it certainly helped me. Uh, I see things from totally different perspectives, no matter how aligned we are with our energies and our messaging and how we choose to live our lives. So I just want to say thank you for gifting myself and the audience today in the way that you have, Craig. And um, for the listening it audience. It is my true pleasure. Oh, well, likewise, my friend, absolutely. And to the listening audience, I want to thank you once again for taking time out of your schedule to tune into Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald here on the Contact Talk Radio Network. I go live every Friday, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 o'clock Eastern. And once again, I want to thank my sponsor, Halt and Honda, for believing in the messaging and the guests and everything related to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. I want to thank my family and partnership over at C-Suite Radio Network for believing in me as well. And all podcasts shortly thereafter, having gone live with each of my weekly guests, you can find on my host page with the C-Suite Radio Network. I want to thank loyal listeners. I want to thank uh, 
all of you who are now, uh, we're hovering at over 380,000 Living Fearlessly podcast subscribers. It's not about the stats as much as what they indicate. What the indicates is that the guests that I have, the types of subject matter, the content that we bring to you every single week is resonating. It's changing lives. It's lifting people. It's We're here to uplift people to fear less and to live more. And I certainly would not be able to do that without your support, without the phenomenal guests that I have, the two great networks that I'm connected with and now corporate sponsorship. So I just want to invite you to join me back here again next Friday, again, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 o'clock Eastern with Lisa McDonald on Living Fearlessly. And I want to uplift you to fear less, to live more, to have a phenomenal weekend. Stay safe and please know love and gratitude to you all. Take care. All my best. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Living Fearlessly with your host, Lisa McDonald. Visit her at lisamcdonaldauthor.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.